When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. This one at halftime. Alouettes leading the Rough Riders 23-3. Shawinigan beats Hamilton 3-2 at the Memorial Cup. Oilers prospect Xavier Borgo named the second star of that game. So as I was explaining just before we went to the news, and remember at the Memorial Cup this year, it's three points for a regulation win, two points overtime win, one point overtime loss, and zero points for a regulation loss. The Oil Kings have two points. Hamilton has zero. So the only way Hamilton can eliminate Edmonton tomorrow is with a regulation win because that would make it three points to two for Hamilton. If the Oil Kings get into overtime, they're going to the semifinal because even if Hamilton wins in overtime, they'd get up to two points, but Edmonton would have three. Uh, and then if the Oil Kings win the game, th- then obviously they're they're in. The Oil Kings, however, um, cannot finish in first place. They can't get a bye straight to the final because uh, Shawinigan is already up to six points and the most points the Oil Kings could have is five. So nonetheless, that's the scenario. If the Oil Kings get a point out of the game tomorrow, they're uh, into the semifinal. Start of the fourth quarter, Canadian Elite Basketball League in Ottawa are Edmonton uh, Stingers trailing the Ottawa Blackjacks 69-58. I was just uh, thinking uh, Garth Brooks, in Edmonton, what is it, Kellen, tomorrow and Saturday? Tomorrow and Saturday at Commonwealth, and of yep. course, And, of course, I live in Macaulay, just a, a few blocks from Commonwealth Stadium, so I imagine my neighborhood is going to be pretty crowded the next two nights. I, I see that next month the Pope is coming yeah. to Edmonton. He's going to be uh, he's going to be at a church a few blocks from my house. There he's you go. going to do a mass at Commonwealth Stadium, also a few blocks from my house. So, like, my life is on an upward trend. I got Garth Brooks in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I got the Pope in my neighborhood, yes. and I get to talk to Blake Dermott on the radio. It is all working out for me. Hey, Blake, how are you doing? <laughs> doing great, Reed. I'm just, I'm, oh, my God, that, I could see the Segway coming a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know me well after all these years. I know what a joy it is for you to be on Inside Sports. So it's, it's very good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. I'm doing uh, good. What would you say to the Pope if you met the Pope? I don't know if I would say anything to the Pope. I think I might be just in awe of his presence, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, have, well, it's too bad we can't get him to an Elks game. That might be what we need. But anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, another, that's another story. So uh, the way I understand it, and uh, trust me, Blake, I've had two shows this week, and I'm off work next week, so I'm already a little checked out. But... <laughs> But the way I understand it, uh, Dave Campbell is in COVID protocol. You are going to Calgary to do color on Saturday? 
that's the way that's the way I, I, I talk with Dave today I talk with Morley today um, and and uh, that's exactly what's going to happen I'm uh, uh, there was a, a period of time and a thought that I might be at the Garth Brooks concert uh, but it uh, looks like I'm not going to be there so I'm going to be down in Calgary uh, doing the Elks game with, okay. with Morley. So I, I am curious to get your perspective on the start of this season. I, I, game one was uh, a disaster. Game two w- was there to win. They, they didn't start well. I thought they made some good adjustments. Maybe some key plays along the way went Saskatchewan's way. Um, and we know the Elks are kind of starting from not a position of strength given last season. Tell, tell me about the Let's start here. The differences between week one and, and week two, even though they're 0-2, should fans be encouraged? Well, I think there's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the, the differences were uh, incredible. I mean, at the, when, you, when you think about where BC is slated to finish in this season, um, it was a shock to see as many points as were given up and with the ease with which they put them up against the Elks. Um, and it was, uh, it was. I don't think anybody expected that. I, I certainly didn't. I thought that this was going to be coming out of training camp. Um, the, they looked uh, prepared and, and ready, and and uh, I knew this was going to be a challenge this year. And then that first game, I looked at the roster and saw 20 guys that hadn't played with this team from the previous year, and I thought, wow, this that's not a rec- that's not the, the recipe to have a ton of success. And then, of course. BC goes out, and and uh, and uh, Rourke may never have a game as good as he had that night, because um, when you think about it, I believe he was 26 of 29 for passing, and and if you are out there throwing in practice against against air to guys, I, I challenge professional quarterbacks, most professional quarterbacks, to to complete that level of passes because you're just sometimes you're going to a receiver's not going to run a route properly or you're going to just misstep and throw the ball at, but tw- he was 90 percent on his completion percentage that is un, un, unworldly and, and and in this league which is a pass happy league um so that combination of the elks uh looking like some of those guys hadn't played before and uh and then the uh, the lions uh coming out and playing could possibly be their best game all year and it's only their first game which which leads me to believe that's not a great thing if that's your best game it's your first game but but i mean it, it was it was a combination of the two and uh and good on bc i mean they needed this as much as the elks did but uh then we get to the second week of the season and they're playing saskatchewan who's some believe the best team in this conference and uh and they they played him to leading till for most of the game, and I think that that was a a huge a huge game from the week before. Where and look, I, I realize it is not all about the quarterback, so I don't want to be one of those guys that comes on my show and 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 picks on one player. But the quarterback's the most position important position on the field. I thought our buckle made some really really good throws i i thought his receivers let him down in two or three occasions i also thought there were some really key downs in which he didn't make the throw or maybe couldn't evade pressure what what like what are realistic expectations for our buckle as a quarterback because i i know from you know the rob brown who does your job on our hockey broadcast he also says you can't ask a player to do something he's not capable of doing and maybe he's not as evasive or as quick as some other quarterbacks what what are realistic expectations for our quarterback well i i had this discussion with somebody the other day i mean first of all this is this is a guy who is 
Um, he's been in the league, I believe, now four years. Of course, with COVID and missed seasons and stuff like that. I think he's played four years. And, uh, uh, and, and not continuous years. Um, and I think he does some things, as you said, really well. I mean, in, in a perfect world, in a, in a league that if this is as good as he ever got, he would make a very good backup quarterback on the team. But he's only been in the league for four years. Do people and people don't realize this, and people don't even think about this, but arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks, I think he holds all the records in the CFL, Anthony Calvillo. Anthony Calvillo, I think for his first six or seven years, was a backup. I mean, he played in, uh, he came into the league with Las Vegas, and then from Las Vegas, he, I think he moved to Baltimore, and he was behind Tracy Ham, and then he uh, moved to Montreal. He was still behind Tracy Ham. He left. He left, or sorry, yeah, he, um, he left to go to Hamilton. He was behind Damon Allen. He, he he's played behind some great quarterbacks and was never in, a, you know, rushed into that position. Now Arbuckle, uh, you know, had a six-game great experience down at Calgary, and then you know a couple of years later he finds himself in Toronto and now he's a starting guy. Well, he hasn't had the opportunity to be able to 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 get better. And and to your point about pointing the finger at one guy. And, and, I, and it's very easy in football because there's one guy that touches the ball every play, and that's a quarterback. But the uh, when you have one offensive lineman returning from the season before, and then and so you have five guys that hadn't played the previous year, and then you go into the second game, and you have three changes from that, that original five that didn't light it up. And uh, and then you had four drops. You said the receivers let him down. There was four drops or four passes that could have been caught in that first half. And I, I can't remember what, his, what his, uh, his completion percentage was, but it was like four for 11 or something. And that would have put him to eight for 11. And that certainly would have put the Elks into position to score more points. So on a team when you need everybody to be firing and everybody to, to not make mistakes, they made a bunch of mistakes on offense. And and you're right. I mean, as a, that's why I said earlier about quarterbacks going 26 for 29 that's unheard of you're going to see quarterbacks i mean you look at a guy like damon allen again i think damon allen's the number two in the cfl for passing it was a career 55 percent completion percent so he completed just barely over half of his passes and uh so for for somebody to you know to complete at whatever uh whatever i don't have the stats in front of you and i want to say that he was probably closer to 60 percent he's better than you know a couple of hall of fame guys so but it's it's that whole offense, that whole thing that needs to gel. When you have 10 guys out of 12 that are new, it's going to take a little bit of time for you guys to figure it out. And I think that they're, they've made a really big step this last week. Uh, I should get you to comment. And I know you talked about it a bit on the weekend, but I should get you to comment here for this audience. Well, what did you think of Mark Cordy having a wedding on game day and not playing? Well, would, I that need to be, would that need to be addressed with his teammates? Let me put it that way. Well, I, I'm sure it was. Um, I'm sure that it was. And, and then I also heard that when when uh, the uh, when Edmonton decided that they were going to take him, that was made aware at that point. Um, uh, so they have known this wasn't something that was dropped on anybody. They have known about this since he became an elk. And uh, but I, you know, I'm I, and mind you, I've said this so many times. There's uh, uh, over the last couple of years. The world is different because of what we went through with the pandemic and, and having had a daughter who tried to get married about four or five times and had to keep canceling it because of uh, protocols and whatnot. 
you know, they, they, and I believe that's what went on with Mark is the same thing, him and his wife, they, this was not their first crack at it. And uh, so they basically said, we finally got a date and he told the team, if you don't want to take me, then don't take me, but this is what's going to happen. And, uh, I just know that wouldn't happen when I was played. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you've told the story a couple of times about how you got locked in the office when you were trying to negotiate a contract. So oh, yeah. things, things a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to ask you, I, I'm going to have a, well, my, I don't know if you'll find it fun or frustrating, but I spent the first portion of the show talking about the, uh, you know, too many men, non too many men last night and, and officiating in general in the National Hockey League. Certainly in the Oilers' playoff run, we saw the Blake Coleman goal and the Kale McCarr offside. Uh, I'm not saying that they were wrong calls, but they were ones that uh, even me needed to figure out and and dissect the rule book. When you played, uh, and, I, and I know you were, uh, you know, usually engaged with one or two very big gentlemen trying to hurt you, but... Like, were you, were you ever aware of, of a missed call? How, like, how would you react as a player? I mean, it's easy to move on, but in the heat of the moment, if you feel you got the, sh- the short end, like, how did, how did you deal with that when, when you played? If you thought, man, oh, man, is it, like, what is the zebra calling? That was not right. Well, you know, Reed, I, 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 can't even, I can't even guess how many times I was called for holding in my career, and I know that every one of those was a bad call. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but... <laughs> You just had to play through it. I, I, I remember one time we're playing against Saskatchewan, in Saskatchewan, and this is when the expansion had happened. So we had we had referees, we had teams in the States. I think there was eight teams in the States, seven teams anyways, and, and uh, there was uh, a sharing of, of officials. There was American officials, and they did some games in Canada, but they also did games in the States. And there was an official in our game against Saskatchewan, and uh and the ball was, um, uh, it was on a punt situation, and he blew it dead for, for whatever reason instead of it being a no-yards call or something. And uh, it, was, it was one of those kinds of decisions that it was uh, the rule that was slightly different than the U.S. game to ours. And he, soon he blew the whistle, and everybody went nuts. The, he was right in front of our bench, and all of our coaches were flying down the field, and they were, they were yelling and screaming and everything else. And, uh, um, and he just went, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And it was, it, if you ever watched it on film, everybody, it was like parting of the Red Sea. Everybody stopped and just walked away. Okay, you made a mistake. You admitted it, and let's move on. And, uh, and I don't know if there's anything you can do. Like, really, if you can, you can, uh, you, you can't really, you can't really complain. You can't uh, replay the game from that point. You can't, you know, you can be frustrated. You can be angry. But, but it happens all the time in sports um, because, because that's the nature of sports. Decisions are made by human beings, and human beings make mistakes. And, and I, I, uh, I, I know that they've tried to correct that. And in a situation like that, I don't know why they couldn't have made that a rule. Uh, of course, that's got to happen at the beginning of the season, and I'm sure it sure will be going forward. But they got to be able to check to see whether or not there was too many men on the ice. And, and uh, for any other, for any other kind of infraction, I think it should always be open to get it right. And. Uh, and and not leave it up to uh, leave it up to chance of uh, somebody making a mistake and, and uh, or somebody guessing right. It should always be the right call. Yeah, that's uh, you know what I I love that story and Brownie has said that as well. That if a refs it happened in his career, a ref skated up to the bench and said, I I I looked at the tape in the intermission, you, like you didn't trip him or, or whatever, and 
even though the ref is admitting that it's wrong, like it was, it kind of calmed things down a little bit, you know, even though you, maybe you didn't get the call you wanted. I find that really interesting. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, everybody, everybody's human and they're going to make mistakes and, and admitting to that makes the game move on because God knows players make mistakes during the game and uh, they're always apologizing in the, in, in the huddle. And it, when, you know, if you got beat or, or you didn't catch a ball, they're always apologizing. And it, it, it just sort of helps everybody to move on to the next level and, and officials are no different. All right. Blake, have a great call on Friday. Of course, we'll be talking a lot here throughout the season. I really appreciate it. And you're right. You were never justifiably flagged for holding. I totally agree. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. Have a good night. That is Blake Dermott. He's going to be uh, doing the uh, analysis uh, for the game on Saturday with uh, Dave Campbell and COVID protocol. So Morley, Dave, and... Sorry, Morley, Blake, and Escott Saturday starting at 3.30. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay. Uh, Saskatchewan with a field goal to start off, uh, or in the third quarter, I should say. Now late in the third, 23-6, Montreal leading that game. Shawinigan wins 3-2 over Hamilton at the Memorial Cup. Oil Kings play Hamilton tomorrow. Like I said, as long as the uh, Oil Kings do not lose in regulation time, they will be in the semifinal. Kellen, what do you have for me? A quick one for you here from Armswar. He says the issue last night was that if the NHL was reviewing anyways in the OT, they would have to make sure that the goal was legal. That goal last night was not legal. Okay. And that's all I've got. (laughs) That's all. Just uh, yeah. I mean, who knows if they would have reviewed it, what they would have determined. And, and again, there were, there, there was a Colorado players, but see, it's not really, the, the issue isn't where the Colorado player was. I believe it was McKinnon as, as Kadri's scoring. The issue was, did Kadri come onto the ice too early? And it, the, the substitution should have been allowed that quickly. And yes, at the moment the goal went in, there were six Colorado players on the ice, but there were two Tampa Bay players on the ice because they still had a skate or two on the ice trying to complete their change. But uh, add it to the file of controversial lore in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Why not? So the Elks are coming up on Saturday at Calgary, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off the game at 5 here on 6.30. Chad, again, Stamps quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, questionable for that game. I'm really looking forward to this next guest. He's uh, been a leader in analytics in baseball for ages, and uh, he is now the commissioner of the West Coast League. He's coming to a Riverhawks game this weekend. Rob Nyer next on Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.